day. I'm reading from the New King James Version of Scripture. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior wine. You have kept the good wine until now. <laughs> this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And the disciples believed in him. Amen. I want to read verse 1 through 4 again in your hearing, 1 through 5. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were there also. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Amen. I want to preach as the Holy Spirit shall give me help as you shall pray for and with me from the topic, knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity once again to preach the good news of the gospel. I pray now that your word would dwell in me. Use me to communicate your word so your word might go forth with power. Remove every distraction so we might hear from you. Your words, my mouth, in Jesus' name, amen. Knowing Jesus. Among many things, the Bible is a book of beginnings and a book of first. Throughout the pages of sacred scripture, those of us who spend time in the Word of God will acknowledge that we encounter inaugural originals, pioneers, precedents, genesis, first, 
and beginnings. As we acquaint ourselves with God and the Word of God, we discover that the Bible is a book of beginnings and a book of first. The first marriage in the Bible was between a man by the name of Adam and a woman by the name of Eve. The first surrogate mother in the Bible was a woman of African descent by the name of Hagar. The first priest in the Bible was a man by the name of Melchizedek. The first woman recognized leader, judge in Israel was a woman by the name of Deborah. First shepherd in the Bible was a man by the name of Abel. Among many things, the Bible is a book of beginnings and firsts. According to this New Testament text, we encounter the first miracle performed by our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. This is not the first miracle recorded in the Bible, but this is the first miracle recorded by our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. On several levels, this miracle is significant and relevant. On one hand, this miracle is significant and relevant because it does not take place within the confines of a place of worship. Jesus does not heal someone, resurrect the dead, give sight to the blind, nor does he add life to somebody within confines of a place of worship. But rather, Jesus performs this miracle in the larger community of Cana of Galilee. This miracle is significant not just because it does not take place in the confines of a place of worship. This miracle is also significant because it takes place in a rather unexpected context. Who expects the Lord Jesus to perform a miracle at a wedding? Who expects Jesus to be invited to a wedding festival? I've passed it long enough to know that most people don't want the preacher to come to the wedding reception. When folk are cha-cha sliding and percolating, folk don't want to see the pastor while they are partying at the wedding festival. Yet Jesus has been invited to the wedding and the wedding festival. Maybe that's a word for somebody who's about to walk down the aisle. 
Maybe that's a word for somebody who's about to say, I do and I will. Maybe we ought to be intentional about inviting Jesus to the wedding. This miracle is significant because Jesus does the miraculous at a wedding festival. This miracle is significant because it takes place outside the confines of a place of worship. But this miracle is significant because of the role that Mary plays in the miracle. According to John's gospel, Jesus the 12 disciples who follow him have been invited, but also Mary, the mother of our Savior and Lord, is in the crowd as well. And according to the text, during the wedding festivities, there is a crisis emerging. We don't know what kind of wine was served, but we do know they were drinking wine, and this is not a pro or anti-alcohol message. Amen, somebody. However, during this context, they were drinking wine, and wine was a part of that particular culture. And while they were drinking wine, the text says there was a crisis emerging because the wine was running low. And no couple wants to be embarrassed with people who have filled out the RSVP list. And then folk are running out of food. What a awful, embarrassed, ignominious way to begin your life together as a couple. They couldn't afford the wedding they had. If they couldn't afford it, they shouldn't have invited all them people. If they couldn't afford it, they could have had a destination wedding. If they couldn't afford it, they could have gone to pastor's office. If they couldn't afford it, they could have done something different. But why invite all these people and they can't afford wine? Mary is aware, amen, somebody, of this crisis emerging. And because Mary knows Jesus like unlike anybody else, Mary becomes aware of this crisis. And Mary, as she becomes aware of this crisis, brings this crisis to the attention of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ because there's a crisis on the horizon. And as one who knows Jesus unlike anybody else, Mary has a holy hunch. Mary has a sanctified suggestion. Mary has consecrated counsel on who can do what in the midst of a crisis. Can I preach this word on this Sunday morning? Nobody knows Jesus like Mary. Mary gave birth to our Savior and Lord. Mary walked with our Savior and Lord. Mary 
took care and nurtured the life of our Savior and Lord. Mary dealt with scorn and embarrassment because of her scandalous birth. And Mary knows Jesus. And while none of us are going to give birth to Jesus, we have the opportunity, the capacity, and ability to know Jesus on a deeper level. Mary knows Jesus, and having been in a relationship with Jesus since her supernatural conception, Mary knows who can do what in a crisis. Since Jesus is already physically present, Mary thinks it is her obligation and opportunity to involve Jesus in resolving this crisis because she knows Jesus. And when you and I know Jesus, you and I know who can do what in the midst of a crisis. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning because Mary knows Jesus. Mary knows who can handle a crisis. Because Mary knows Jesus, Mary knows who can turn a mess into a miracle. Because Mary knows Jesus, Mary knows who can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick. Because Mary knows Jesus, Mary knows who can do something about the issue of low wine. And I preach this message on this Lord's Day to encourage everybody to make the most of the opportunity, the ability, and capacity to get to know Jesus on a deeper level. I preach this message as a word of encouragement because all of us have the opportunity, the ability, and capacity to get to know Jesus on a deeper level. None of us are where we ought to be in our spiritual lives. None of us know Jesus the way we ought to know Jesus. Who among us on this Sunday morning prays as much as you should pray? Who spends time in the Word the way we should spend time in the Word? Who ah, spends time with Jesus the way we ought to spend time with Jesus? With the opportunity, with the ability and capacity, we ought to get to know Jesus on a deeper level. And while we have the ability, the capacity, the opportunity to get to know Jesus like Mary knew Jesus, too many of us, even in the body of Christ called church, are merely content with knowing about Jesus but not really knowing Jesus. I'll preach this past white. There is a difference, church, between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Can I preach this to somebody who's going to say amen? Uh, knowing Jesus is commitment, but knowing about Jesus is casual. Knowing Jesus is intentional, but knowing about Jesus is interested. Knowing Jesus is love, but knowing about Jesus is lax and lukewarm. Knowing about knowing Jesus is obedience, 
But knowing about Jesus is occasional. Knowing Jesus is faithful. But knowing about Jesus is fickle. Knowing Jesus is a surrender. But knowing about Jesus is shallow and superficial. Knowing Jesus is a tithe and an offering. But knowing about Jesus is giving what is left over. Can I preach this? Uh, this is about to be summertime. In a few weeks, uh, pools will reopen. Amen, somebody. And the best illustration I can give for the difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus relates to the pool season. If you ask somebody if they can swim and say they can swim in three feet of water or they can swim in the kiddie pool, they ain't swimmers. No shade, no hate. I'm just calling it what it is. If they got to qualify where they can swim, they ain't a swimmer. Can I preach this? But if you ask somebody, yeah, I can swim. It doesn't matter if you put me in an ocean, if you put me in a creek, if you put me in a swamp, if you put me in 12 feet of water, 6 feet of water, I'm going to swim. Come on, talk to me, somebody. But if somebody says they can swim in the kiddie pool, they can swim in three feet of water, or they can swim when they standing up, amen, somebody. You don't want that person to have to, to save you. See, knowing about Jesus is kiddie pool. Knowing about Jesus is when you can stand up in the water. Knowing about Jesus is when you and I are in control. But when you know Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're in three feet of water or 30 feet of water, if you're in the kiddie pool, if you're in a crook, if you're in a swamp, if you're in the ocean, when you know about Jesus, it doesn't matter where. Because wherever you are, you are leaning, trusting, and depending on God. Mary knows Jesus. She ain't just knowing about Jesus. And what happens when you know Jesus? When we know Jesus, can I preach this watch chapel? When we know Jesus, we will engage him in times of emergency. Text says the wine is low. Wine is low. Folk are embarrassed. We don't know how Mary knows this couple. This couple is anonymous. Mary may have been a neighbor, may have been a family friend, may have been the godmother of the bride or the groom, but Mary knows her son. Consequently, she engages him in a time of emergency. When you and I know Jesus, you and I will engage him in times of emergency. And I'm not anti-anybody because God uses different people in different fears of endeavor, different calls upon lives. God uses consecrated accountants and consecrated holy lawyers and lowly, holy educators. But in times of emergency, you better learn how to call on Jesus. Jesus. 
You and I better learn to engage him in times of emergency. Mary says they have no wine. And Jesus responds in a way that seems flip and uh, dismissive to uh, my, my, my time. Mama, my time hadn't come yet. Amen. But they have no wine. They, they have no wine. They don't know who you are, but I know who you are. They don't know you're a miracle worker, but I know who you are. And for those of us who know him, notice the miracle just wasn't for Mary. The miracle was for somebody else. And when we know him, we got to engage him in times of emergency, not just for us, but for other folk. There's some folk in our world, folk in our lives who are going through crises, emergency, challenging situations. We got to call on Jesus, not for us, but for them. Call on Jesus for your girlfriend. Call on Jesus for somebody who's having heart surgery. Call on Jesus for somebody who needs a new heart or new kidney. Call on Jesus for somebody whose mind ain't right. Call on Jesus for somebody who has lost a loved one. Call on Jesus for somebody who needs him to be a healer, a miracle worker, a way maker, a provider, a protector in Engage him in times of emergency. When we know him, we will engage him in times of emergency, but we won't just do that. When we know him, we will esteem him above everything. Y'all ain't talking to me this morning. Uh, when we know him, we will engage him in times of emergency, but we will esteem him above everything. What do you mean, preacher? Notice what the text says. Mary tells the workers, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Don't debate it. Don't question it. Don't doubt it. But whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. And when you and I esteem him, Above everything, we will do what he says do. We talk about how much we love the Lord, but do we really love the Lord or prove our love for the Lord in doing what he says do? We, amen somebody, tools of the incompetent, we, we make excuses on why we can't do what the Lord says us, calls us to do. We, we can do anything else, amen somebody. In the words of my mama, who's probably watching right now, uh, you can find a way to do what somebody else asked you to do. Amen, somebody. Come on, somebody done heard that from your mama too. Amen, somebody. I wish I could say everything she said. I can't say it on a Sunday morning. Amen, somebody. But when you and I esteem him, you and I will esteem him above everything. 
If it says forgive, then forgive. Can I call the roll on this Sunday morning? If it says go the second mile, go the second mile. If it says pray for those that despitefully use you, pray for them that despitefully use you. If it says live an open-handed life, tithe and give, then do what it says do. Esteem him above everything. I'm not anti-science. I'm not anti-physicians. But sometimes we will place other folk above the Lord Jesus Christ. But I dare somebody to put God first in your life. If you can listen to your doctor, you can listen to Jesus. If you can listen to your lawyer, you can listen to Jesus. If you can listen to your accountant, you can listen to Jesus. If you can listen to the school psychologist, you can listen to Jesus. If you can listen to your boss, you can listen to the Lord. Esteem him above everything. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I can't stop right there. When we know him, we'll engage him in times of emergency. When we know him, we will esteem him above everything. But when we know him, we will expect the extraordinary. I'm going to my seat now, but my soul is happy. Notice as you get to the end of verse 11 and 12, they, they believed on him. They believed him. This is the first miracle that Jesus performed. Notice the 12 have not been with him a long time. They have heard about him. They have heard that he has said he's going to do. They have heard him make claims of his identity, but they have not yet seen Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead. But Mary, who knows him, knows that Jesus is not the ordinary man. Come on, talk to me. Mary knows her boy. And Mary says, do whatever he tells you to do. I, I want you to esteem him. I, I want you to engage him. But once you esteem him, once you engage him, I want you to expect the extraordinary. The workers take the water. Obey what he tells them to do. And Jesus supernaturally turns H2O into Moscato. Jesus turns water into wine. And I don't know how he does it, but praise be to God. He's a miracle worker. Praise be to God. Jesus knows how to take my mess and turn it into a miracle. And when you know Jesus, and when you engage Jesus, and when you, can I call his name on this morning, esteem Jesus, you can have a level of expectation that Jesus can, Jesus will, do the extraordinary. Is there anybody on this Sunday morning who can testify? I called on his name. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but he worked it out for my good. 
didn't know when he was going to show up, but he showed up right on time. I didn't know how he was going to provide, but he made a way out of no way. He protected me. He healed me. He made a way for me. He opened the door for me. And now, like the disciples, I believe on him because of what I've seen. Let me close the way I want to close. This is the first miracle. And they believed on him because of the first miracle. I got to close the way I feel it. This is the first time they have seen Jesus do the miraculous. But guess what? It ain't the last time. They've seen God work a miracle. Let me close the way I want to close. You ain't seen nothing yet. He's healed you, but you ain't seen nothing yet. He's provided, but you ain't seen nothing yet. He's delivered you, but you ain't seen nothing yet. He's made a way, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard, neither has it entered to the mind of man. The great things, the wonderful things, the awesome things. Let's not just be content with knowing about Jesus. Why settle for the kiddie pool? Why settle for swimming in water where you can stand up in it? Where if you just go a little further and trust the God of the water, you can float and you won't drown. Y'all ain't talking to me on this Sunday morning. I said you don't study for the kiddie pool. You don't know what you're missing out on. Jesus wept. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me that that's deep, but why settle for that? Meet the good shepherd. Abundant life. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't settle for the kiddie pool. Don't settle for knowing about Jesus. Get to know him. Somebody, my sister, my brother, on this Sunday morning, this is an opportunity for you to get to know Jesus. We have the ability, the capacity, the opportunity to get to know Jesus. You can, get, you can get to know him every day. Pray, worship, fast, study, fellowship. Walk three miles this morning. Talk about the Lord. You get to know Jesus by fellowshipping with other people. You hear somebody else's testimony. You get to know Jesus on a deeper level. Hey, my sister, my brother, on this Lord's Day, this Mother's Day morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. This is an opportunity for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Go to the Contact Us tab right now.
accept Jesus as your Savior. You need to be a part of a community of people that know Jesus. We're all getting to know Jesus better. None of us have a monopoly on spiritual growth. We all growing. Nobody has arrived. We all growing day by day. Be a part of a church that's committed to get to knowing Jesus with you. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. There may be a family. Go to the Contact Us tab. Amen. We're about to close out. We want to see you today at 2.30 p.m. as we celebrate Mother Hill, Dillard Drive, Middle School, 5200 Dillard Drive, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27606, Mother Claudia Hill. We're looking for at least 104 cars. She turns 104. We want to celebrate her. Amen. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. Amen. Amen. Amen.
it all the time. When I was down, couldn't get up. All I had to do, y'all, was trust in Jesus. All you gotta do, y'all, is trust in Jesus. I started with them a long time ago. Back in the day when that morning been, yeah, at the urging of my mother, at the urging of my brother, I went down to the mourner's bed and asked the Lord to save me. Tell him I was a sinner and asked him to save me. The Holy Ghost came by and put his hands on me. Oh, yes, he did. And since that day, I've been trusting in Jesus. And since that day, I've been trusting in the Lord. Because I know he will. And I've learned. And he started me on my way. He put food on my table. He's my everything. He's the ass. And he's your maker. He's my first. He's my last. He's my very best friend. I've leaned on, I've leaned on, can I get a witness? That's all you have to do is just lean on me. In your darkest hour, when it seems you're by yourself, just look up to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. He's as close as a friend. I've learned, I've learned. Yes, I've learned to leave. Every last, every last, every last, I've learned. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 